This is Mark Mulcaster from fan for tracks and you are listening to the Rebel Base Card Podcast. She may not look like much, but she's got it where it counts. If they don't go for this, we're going to have to get out of here pretty quick, Chewie. Let's go. It's time once again. The Bad Batch is back. It is time for a new era. Season two of The Bad Batch is here and it's time to join us for some breakfast and questions. Clearly, you're not paying attention to what's happening out there. And yes, of course... I can't ask all these questions by myself. That's why I need some help. We'll take all the allies we can get. Hello there. This is Greg Cass at Ion Cannon. We ask Bad Batch questions we hope somebody else answers. There are others out there who need our help. So set an extra place at the table and get set for Batch for Breakfast, a Rebel Base Card micro podcast series. Let's get to work. A returning Star Wars Bad Batch podcast that asks more questions than it answers. Today, we are asking questions on Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 10, Retrieval, which premiered on Disney Plus on Wednesday, February 21st. Along with me, Greg McLaughlin, is my co-host back in Boston and fellow Card Squadron winger Gregory Cass from Ion Cannon, uh, Instagram, and Hive. Greg, nice to see you. It was nice to see you and Jen in person. Uh, you have legs, uh, as, as we have proven many, many times. But uh, I'm assuming you're settled back in and had a great trip. I uh, had a fantastic trip. Uh, definitely busy at work, catching up on everything I missed and reconnecting with students after the President's Day weekend. I, you know, it was like, who are you people again? And then what have we been doing <laughs> all semester? So, uh, but an absolutely fantastic time and really good to catch up with you and Jen. And I think I have now recovered from the deep dish. Oh, yeah. And and I really like the fact that, you know, when it was presented, you know, we went to Gina's East. Uh, it's a great, great place here in Chicago, Chicagoland. They're like, OK, there's three of you. You know, they're, they're doing the math like, all right, you're going to want this because mm-hmm. that is a big mistake. People will like think it's a regular pizza and I'll go, well, no, we're and then you'll get way too much. And it doesn't take but one or two slices. And you're like, I'm good. Uh, mm. And so, you know, and then, of course, the other thing is, is that. um when you put in the order, it's going to be about 45 minutes before you get your pie. So you want to kind of, you know, block accordingly. And I think we did everything right, except get you out of the parking garage on time. <laughs> well, actually, I don't even know if you've heard. The other thing we did wrong is Jen and I thought it was a 1030 movie and it was a 1015 movie. So <gasps> oh, no. we <laughs> we were not on time for that movie, but it was entirely our fault, not yours. So uh, uh, I'm still wondering how exactly Ant-Man uh, and the Wasp begins, but I'll let the Internet fill me in or I'll, I'll get back out to another oh, screen. Oh, my goodness. So. <laughs> yeah, we there was a car in front of us at the parking garage and they were having trouble tra- you know, trying to get out. And then, you know, we finally backed up and it was like a a steep angle backing up we tried to get out um we 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 were also having troubles and we we were maybe like at 15 minute walk tops Mm -hmm. now the other thing though which would have been i i think you should have seen the amc uh one that i did because there was probably you know 20 30 minutes of previews and whatnot because we got there super early so if you'd seen it the way i saw it i think you still would have been fine yeah, it's 22 minutes on average. I go to AMC primarily because I have the three three a, a week ticket that uh, the membership. And uh, yeah, it's it's 22 minutes. But I will say when I saw 
some I think I saw a knock at the cabin door. It they bumped it up to 35 minutes. Oh it goodness. was the longest I'd ever sat there pre-show. And uh, Maria Menudos is actually from Medford, where which is the town I go to the movies in. <laughs> so the local crowd likes seeing Maria Menudos, but they get a little tired of the pre-show <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> um, it, it was wonderful to see Jen and you both, and uh, it, you know it was it was really fun. And that's kind of the nice thing about doing you know the podcast is it's a great little nice snapshot of that little time. And um, you know, hopefully they keep doing those conferences. Although heck, it'd been nice if it was in warmer weather. Uh, they chose you know <laughs> they chose you know Chicago in February. So there you go. I think I think it was cheap is my only justification for why they picked there then. But we did get the news this week that we're not getting a celebration until 2025. They kind of slipped that into an article on StarWars.com. So uh, it's a little disappointing to think about, but we'll all have to find other opportunities to to get the family together. And, you know, as they kind of roll out these, you know, hey, so-and-so is going to be autographing or this or that, you know, now, you know, it was something we could kind of go, ah, we'll get it next year. And you start to go, you start going, hmm, 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 you know, right? You're just like, darn it. Um, But I I do think, you know, given, you know, how expensive last one was, I mean, the prices have gone up a little bit. Uh, So, and and I'm hoping to kind of get... um, Mark Newbolt from Fanthatrax on to talk about, you know, the current celebration and maybe celebrations to come, you know, I think it's going to be nice maybe to kind of give us a bit of a break and also, you know, allow us to save up because, you know, just like for your conference, right? Regardless of whether you get invited to and you get comped or you get a room or you do that, uh, there is an expense of not only money, but there is time and time away from family. And, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, when, once you sign on for the family or where whatever your situation is, it's a it's a big it's a big ask for anybody's time. And uh, so, uh, you know, now what I'm hoping for is, that, you know, after a celebration, they give the dates and so forth. Where All right. We're going to be on the clock and now we can start saving up. And then, you know, of course, they usually do the tickets a year before. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll be back. We'll be back in 2024, like, you know, with, with <laughs> fingers on the keyboard ready to, to pounce on 40 passes. Something. So but hopefully it'll um, be warmer weather. Well, and I'm just going to agree with Lacey Gillern of Resistance Broadcast, who said that that makes her assume that we'll be getting a theatrical movie that year. And I think that's a pretty safe bet that they've spaced these out exactly so that you can get, you know, a little bit of an April, May hype up for a December release. So that seems to make sense to me. I think that puts it not at the same year as Avatar, because at some point Disney's going to just start alternating Avatar and Star Wars movies each December. So that was always the plan, but we'll see if if that holds out. They really want Avatar to be so much of a thing. That's that's just one of those things where you're like, okay, it's great, you know. Um, <laughs> let's have those Avatar movies. Maybe they could, maybe there's that's a Disney Plus series. That's a Disney Plus series. That's a <laughs> Not for how much they cost. No, uh, that's true. That's I, true. I think the budget demanded they make at least the third just to to share the cost of the tech between the two. But <laughs> four and five are just the whims of a billionaire at this point. So we'll see how far they get. <laughs> the only thing I, the only thing that I, that I hope for, uh, when I talk to my maker at nights, no, uh, that's not what I talk to my maker at nights. Bob. <laughs> um, if there's going to be another movie, will there be Denny's tie in cards? Please. <laughs> please. Um, except if this, if, if they do have a Denny's tie in card and a menu, I won't have to rely. I, I won't, I won't make Kyle 
get a get a menu for you. I'll 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 do the I'll do the work myself. And you know, if there's a menu a Denny's menu out there to be had, uh, this this is my indication that some Denny's restaurant in the Chicagoland area will be short one menu when it's all said and done. Anyway. <laughs> I just love that you're moving from the waffle boxes to the Denny's menu. Like it's a very specific exactly. brand for batch for breakfast. We're living up to the title as always. So, <laughs> you know, and oh, yeah. Why didn't I get the Lord of the Ring one when I had the chance? Um, <laughs> all right. It's water under the bridge. All right. This, this show is going to be uh, kooky enough as it is um, because this is, you know, you'd think this is kind of the last normal one before we get to Mando. And I've got these Mando mm. blinders on because I know that we're going to be covering Mando. Uh, this is the breakfast is the running show title. I've got, I've got a graphic. I've got a, I've got an opener um, <laughs> that I may have to redo because, you know, we're going to try maybe move some of these together. Right. So we're mm. maybe combine some of these a la Colby cast, because I think he, you know, he just, he's mixing it in. He's throwing in a Ross Holobin every now and then just to, just to mix things up. When I looked at my feet going, Hey, I'm, I'm here to talk about the, Oh, okay. Ross. Um, but uh, congratulations on uh, Ross's new podcast, the album cockpit podcast, I think is the title of it. And if you aren't listening to the Colby cast, when we get to our Greg's list, we'll do a quick shout out as we're moving this podcast along. However, however, I am burying the lead. Uh, we have a special guest on tape for us tonight, Sam Tashima, your friend and mine. He has been so, so great to reach out to us, uh, to engage us offline. We wanted to get him on. Uh, the schedule was just a little you know, too late for him. But so what we did mere moments ago <laughs> was record some of his questions. So we'll be kind of spacing that throughout. And if you think that gives me an unfair advantage, it doesn't because... It's all a blur now as I get in with my regular co-host. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be um, kind of splicing in his questions, and we'll be reacting to it. My God, you're yawning already. Oh, I know. It's a bad time. <laughs> I've been I've been single parenting all week. Rachel's in Seattle, so I'm, I'm on here by a thread. But it was not the company, I promise. <laughs> I like the fact that it's a dark background. So you've got kind of the black hoodie and dark background. So this is sort of like Sith Greg. It's sort of like, you know, yeah. anyway. I got to Sith Greg about mid-afternoon when the toddler <laughs> threw a fit, and it was not pretty in this house. Uh, we were also we had a snowstorm up here uh, today, so they were inside all day, and I just escaped a couple times to shovel. And so, uh, yeah, Sith Sith Greg it is, but I'll try to behave myself. At what point did you look at both of them, going, "It's treason"? Then. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all uh, right, okay. Um, so this is an insert series podcast that'll eventually get started. Uh, in the regular feed where Greg and I and Sam will trade questions to each other that we have not talked about before, asterisk. There is, of course, a chance we could take another's question. Since we're talking about a current series of Star Wars, he's yawning again, folks. If you haven't <laughs> seen the episode in question, this is a warning that there will be spoilers for these shows. If you haven't watched yet, we both, all three of us, invite you to please come back and listen after you've watched. And if you're wondering why I'm so giddy is I just narrowly avoided a major toilet overflow. So I am happier than, <laughs> happier than all get out that, uh, that this is going down as is. For this contest of questions, there are no points, bonuses, or lightning rounds. But there is the Greg's List, which is a selection of podcasts and other assorted media that we ingested right up until the point where this show started recording to see if they answered any of our questions and then some. It's also one of my favorite parts of the show as it highlights just some of the amazing work being done out there in the community. We hope you check out some or all of these and maybe find a new content creator that you would like and want to support. I'm going to let you take the floor, Mr. C, mm. and let's talk about some stuff that you ingested this week. 
You know, it was a bit of a light week for me, uh, not because uh, for any purpose. I mean, between travel and so on, I ended up with my nose in a book more than I did my AirPods. So um, I will say it was it was primarily my usual suspects. Force Center continues to just go way deeper into every single episode (laughs) than I ever imagined that they could. Uh, But they did a really great discussion this week about the first half of this adventure, I think we can call it, uh, about the crossing and and thinking a lot about um, the relationships between the characters. And it was a really nice uh, listen. Uh, I also had a lot of fun with uh, CWK and, uh, you know, Mason continues to get stronger and stronger. I know they, uh, for this retrieval episode, I know they got a really, really good guest. One of the people in fandom that's <laughs> hardest to book, but uh, I didn't listen yet because I'm not supposed to, but I will this week. Uh, but I will say, uh, Dan reminding us uh, about baptism and baptism's symbolism and how we had two characters decidedly kind of go through a water baptism in that first episode was good. Uh, and then last week's guest, uh, Jen, did the long take. Now, I was texting with Jen just a, a couple hours ago, and she revealed that she has uh, the stats on her uh, her blog, and she didn't ask for this, but gets uh, the like star rating on each user, and she let slip that Greg M is ahead of Greg C yes! in terms of the stats. So yes. I now am chasing you. Uh, she did say there was somebody who is unknown to her who is ahead of us both is was the number one uh-huh. but uh so we have we have some unknown competition but uh we got to compete i'm gonna overtake you as a uh, long take <laughs> fan <laughs> and i'm telling you the Substack app which was kind of funny because i just subscribed to another one on there it's like it keeps growing on me um just mm-hmm. because it's like you know i'll see your emails and that's you know if, if you go to the, you know, the website um it'll ask you you know like if you want to subscribe first or just go straight to the site um, so, so, but sometimes, you know, you, you mark off those emails and we get so much spam, right? Mm-hmm. That sometimes like, uh, shoot, I don't want to miss it, but it's nice. Cause I could go over and the Substack app is just very nice. It's laid out. Um, and it just looks really nice. It's kind of like one of those RSS, you know, classic RSS type readers, but it's just really elegantly well done. There was a, there was a card guy I just subscribed to, um, on it, but however you want it in your email or on the app, uh, Jen is required reading. And as far as I'm concerned, and it's just so much fun you know, a, a lot of times her abbreviated ones or her edited ones will make it into Fanta Tracks, uh, which is sometimes if I don't get to it on the app or in the email, I will go to Fanta Tracks because I'm kind of curious. Uh, they'll do kind of like a group review. That's where Mark Newbold and some other folks, fine folks, will do their reviews of the Bad Batch as well. Um, yeah, it was kind of a short week. Um, it, it seems like there was just so much going on. Um, however, I did manage to get through uh, Podcast Stardust. Uh, always mm. great. Um, Outer Rim Beacon. And I, I listened to just a little bit. Now, speaking of CWK, and I was kind of dancing around that, um, I got the call yesterday to be on Coffee <laughs> with Kenobi with Mason and Dan. And yeah, it was one of those where I'm like, man, I was busting out notes. I do a lot of notes for this, <laughs> but I was like really on it because, yeah, like you said, Mason's been getting better and better each week. Um, and it was fun. Oh, it was it was short, but it was kind of a short episode uh, in terms of Ooh. just moving, bump, bump, bump. So it was just, it was a, it was a nice, it was a privilege and honor and all that to be on there. It was really fun trading question, yeah, trading comments with both. And, uh, and then you have to go from Pringles cans to letter grades. So you're going, uh, all right. <laughs> um, 
But the one I, I did listen to had Nick uh, Mangello, uh, whose father, Lou Mangello, does the, the, the Big Disney podcast. Um, Colby Cast had Ross Holliban talking about uh, the album Cockpit on there. It was really nice. Uh, it's kind of funny because when we kind of like all appear on each other's shows, it's kind of like, you know, we're on the, we're on a thread. And then we kind of like hear each other. So it's kind of fun. We kinda, everybody kind of bounces around to different shows. Uh, so that, that's always a gas. And like I said, uh, the long take as well. So there we go. Um, that is the Greg's List for this week. Um, I Before we get started, um, I did want to kind of give uh, Sam, just because we're going to be kind of bringing him in with questions. I wanted to kind of get his thoughts and overview. And then when I'm done, I'd like to get your overview before we get into our first questions, if that's all right. I really enjoy, enjoyed the episode, the retrieval. I thought it blended nice having a bit more of the multi-episode arcs, almost in the same way that we saw back with the Clone Wars and Rebels. Uh, wouldn't necessarily put it as high as some of the other, or some of the highlights of the season so far, such as the Clone Conspiracy, Truth and Consequences, or the Solitary Clone. But overall, I'd say... Uh, solid eight out of ten ty- type of episode. You know, so Sam, you know, appreciated the the arc of this. He's liking where this is going, um, and that's been kind of my my take as well. Is that you know we we move along. I'm seeing not necessarily so much of a hurry in their part, right? You know, because otherwise, you know, we haven't seen Crosshair for several episodes. Um, so they're moving along at a nice, at a nice slow clip. You are seeing some character development, uh, and subtle if you're kind of, um, you know, watching and rewatching, but I was kind of curious, what was, what's your thoughts on the episode so far? Yeah, I think, you know, coming off of the mid-season duology there, I think it's been hard to kind of feel the weight in any of these since then because it was such a great big event. Um, so I, I do agree with that sentiment. It's like it's not that it's bad. It's just kind of like a little slow, a little mellower and seemingly much more disconnected from the larger Star Wars universe. I think we're experiencing things that will mean a lot to the characters, but not a lot to the galaxy. And so, you know, it's, it's a big buffet, Star Wars, and you got to pick the foods you like. And some people just are here because they like the big galaxy stories. And I bet they're a little more frustrated. But I've come over time to love these characters so much that I'm I'm going to say, a, you know, a, an 8 out of 10 sounds about right to me as well. Um, to just, you know, enjoy our time with them and luxuriate with them a bit. All right, so Sam, since you are our guest, we're going to have you lead off with the question tonight. I'm going to play it. Uh, I'm going to let uh, Greg hear it so he can react to it, and then we'll kind of give you our thoughts. Um, after you finish the question, uh, of course, we're going to want to know your take as well. So go ahead with sure. your first question, Sam. First question I have is, do they need Sid anymore? Over the course of season one, there was a big focus on needing Sid in terms of making money and doing different missions and tasks. It seems as though over the course of the past few episodes that they haven't necessarily been successful on their missions. So I'd say how reliant is the batch on Sid to survive moving forward? 
All right. And just because of the way we're recording tonight, I want to get I'm going to let you kind of give your opinion on that question. Do they need Sid anymore? I'm partially taking into one of my other questions that I had lined up, but I think in terms of the batch reflecting and looking at things, we really focused a lot on this episode around Benny and stealing and Omega focusing on stealing is wrong. Well, to some extent, how is that any different than some of the other tasks that they've been put on, whether it was at the beginning with stealing from, or for lack of a better term, stealing from Sereno certain objects that should have been there, going to the heart of the mountain, and for lack of a better term, stealing from uh, an ancient civilization there. It seems as though the Batches has been striking out a lot when they've been trying to, for lack of steal from other components and they're not really making a whole lot of money from it. So I think that we're inching closer and closer to that fissure point between truly needing Sid, but reflecting more on, well, what are we doing here? And I'm going to kind of pose that to you because that kind of made me think when he said that, and I didn't think that was going to, that was going to be the the first question, but uh, what do you feel about that? Yeah, it's a good, good question and a good insight. Um, I would say I, he didn't steal from me because I was almost thinking of it the opposite way, right? Um, does Sid need them anymore? Because she seems pretty willing to just be like, oh, oh well, see ya, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Um, so I would say that they are still in a place where they need some kind of income to seemingly keep their gear up and to keep the ship flying. So at the moment, they only have Sid as their source of income. But I think we're really getting hints, and Echo was the first to feel it, that that's not a fulfilling life, going gig to gig and score to score. And so I think the more they're kind of uh, earning enough to be self-sufficient, the more they're going to feel that pull away from her. So I think they still need her at this moment, but I would predict by the end of the season they're on their way away from Sid. It was interesting that in listening to one of the other podcasts talk about, you know, did, did Sid set them up? And it was kind of interesting. And, you know, kind of, you know, I think we've definitely had Sid's character and motivations call into question this episode more so than than we normally do, I guess. I mean, you know, we kind of figure she's going to she's going to you know, Sid's going to be Sid at some point. But, yeah, it was something where. You know, based on how everybody was eating this episode, whether it was, you know, the record not getting it, you know, killing his rations off too early or literally Benny eating off the floor because that's how poorly he's been fed. Um, yeah, it seems like they run out of rations pretty fast and they do have to move somewhere between, you know, will infiltrate for food <laughs> um, to something of a greater good. Maybe that's maybe that's what Rex needed to do all along is going, yay, come along, we got food. And then Record be like, yeah, I'm down. I'm totally yeah, down. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, so my question is, thinking back to our conference room, we talked about how much of that kind of adventure of the week last week was meant to show that the squad wasn't working correctly, right? That they were broken without Echo. Um, and so my read on this week is they were working much more smoothly. And it was like a lot of those issues had disappeared and they were reconnected and ready to go. So my question is, if you agree... Why were the Bad Batch so much more in sync this week? Why were they kind of back to the the better teamwork, if you agree? Uh, 
I, I see where you're going, but I would say after, you know, after their failure at the cave, as it were. No, that didn't, that didn't come out right. <laughs> But I would say once you kind of fall, you know, like, you know, falling down a hole, getting trapped in a mine, having, I think at that point, you know, the ship being stolen, they're, they're left without, you know, they, Sid's not going to help them. At that point, I think they'd already hit rock bottom, quote unquote. Mm. And so at that point, it was all just sort of like, you know, I, I think once we see them already working on the speeder bike, I, th- I think at that point, you know, we, we, we're turning the corner. They, you know, they know that they could probably, you know, get a signal out and, you know, Omega already starts going with, hey, I think I can raise Gonky. And by the way, thank goodness we've seen Gonky. <laughs> a, a, heroic, a heroic performance, if I might add, by Gonky, as much mm. as a power door can be heroic. Um, <laughs> however, but yeah, I would say at that point, I'm, I'll, I'll only push back by saying at this point, they've already kind of, yeah, and we, lest we forget the stampede, um, mm. Yeah, we all remember our Lion King. So, you know, I, I think at that point they're just kind of they're kind of going through it. And, you know, when you see when I see Hunter, you know, Omega and Hunter, you know, kind of like he's he's got the grappling hook at the end, and and she's kind of like that. There's that level of trust. I think at that point we're all like, all right, we're you know, as much as a cartoon can kind of kind of work through some of these emotions, I think we've turned a corner. Yeah, well, that was the moment that inspired the question because it was like they couldn't possibly work better there. The trust, the catch, the, you know, everything was perfect. And it it's a reminder to this kind of ongoing and a, a few shows picked this up this week, this theme of are they a squad or are they a family? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, they need to be both. And as much as Omega is the kid in the family, she's also becoming a squad member. And to me, that catch and that grappling hook move, that was, hey, you're just a member of the squad now and and we can do this. It it wasn't treating her like a kid anymore. So, um, yeah. And the only other thing I would add is they were just more in their element, right? Like Mm -hmm. an infiltration like you alluded to and and kind of a firefight. Like this is the stuff they're used to, whereas the kind of, crossing a, a vast desert was something a little new and then the cave and all that. But, you know, um, in, in academia, we're post pandemic. We're all talking about the new normal. I think <laughs> the bad batch found their new normal, right? That this is, yeah, we're a squad of four now and that's just how it's going to be for a while. Oh, well said, well said. All right. I'm, I'm going to skip to it because it's going to come up and just because of the nature of the show and how the evening's going so far, uh, I'm not taking anything for granted in this in this recording recordings tonight. So I want to say for my first question, how quickly did you pick up on the Captain Hook Lost Boys vibe? At what point did you say, <laughs> okay, I see what's going on now? <laughs> uh, let's see, 8.44 <laughs> on Thursday evening is... You know, there were a few things I was thinking about. Um, there was an episode of Clone Wars. I remember Seth Green was the guest voice, and it was on the Moons of Diego, where it was kind of a boy king, and it had the same vibes as that episode. <laughs> um, and then my other reference was Indiana Jones, again, with uh, Temple right. of Doom this time, where you had the kind of lava-filled cavern and the children mining and all that. 
But I did notice how often they had that uh, Mako spin his claw, and it didn't even occur to me that, yes, of course, that's Captain Hook, and uh, and well done at that. So uh, definitely, very good catch, but it didn't occur to me, but I, I think that's that's well done. The one other reference on Mako I want to say, I want to throw this out there, Vlix from the old cartoon, right? Um, the, the droids cartoon. I don't know if you remember... There's a species in the droids oh, cartoon. Yeah. If you need to do a quick Google, dear listener. Uh, but I don't, I, at first I was debating whether it was the same character like written into canon. I don't think so, but the character design is just similar enough. I was like, I think they're playing a little bit with the old droids uh, fun. I think he's also one of the really rare action figures from that line. So oh, he's sticking my As soon as Benny lands, you know, the Marauder, and out comes his crew and their and their children. You know, you could say it. And now you're like, wow, why is you know why is this crew that, you know? And the whole time I'm I was and I was mentioning this on on CWK where it's like, you know, the whole time he seems so like he's very tense, right? He's like, ah, this is going to bring attention. We've got mm. to, you know, I've got to, you know, sell this off in pieces. And then you know when you see, you know, the way he handles the food situation with them. And, you know, then you're going to like, well, you know, like, what did uh, Dan say? Something like from uh, Oliver Twist or, or you know, um, Charles Dickens. But, you know, it just kind of kept going, especially when you saw Drake. And then you go, okay, yeah. the, the, Drake, Rufio. And I'm like, all right, anyway. But, yeah, the, the end, when he perishes, that's when you kind of go, okay, this is kind of, to me, this is kind of like, you know, all, all I was missing for him to say was poor form. Anyway, like that. <laughs> Uh, well, that's an, I just want to pick up on the Dickens, of course, Fagin in Oliver Twist, which uh, played famously by Sir Alec Guinness uh, in mm. one version of that as well. So uh, but yeah, there's there's something there. And the being the top earner reminded me of the Andor prison and the fact that it was for food reminded me of Ray. Like, it's funny how nothing was exactly the same, but it was all just kind of in that same vein and it, it worked. Or um, Han and Kira in Solo as well are kind of street urchins working for Lady Proxima. So, um, yeah, there's a rich stew of kind of reference material there. And I think it's right to say they're pulling from all of it. So. I love the fact you brought up Lady Proxima because that that whole yeah you know, very early as I was watching the episode for the first time I was writing it down going that's you know like having you know this this crime lord and all these like little urchins that are going out and getting you know getting you know different runs and things like that and being top earner and so forth like that it, it mm. seemed very much and then but then it it leaned over into it kind of did the the meter ran into Peter Pan territory for me all mm. right. Sam, that was a pretty strong first question. I am wondering, what is your next? What is your follow-up question? Follow-up question relates, and it's, at what point are we going to see the bat shift from missions for Sid and missions to make money around missions to help? Hmm. Throughout Rebels... Going back to our another favorite animated show, there was a bit of a, a mission of the week type of focus for Hera and the rest of the, the Phoenix Squadron. However, they were always helping individuals, whether it was aid and similar related items. We saw the Batch in this episode help out the individuals. They didn't know that they were going to be doing it, but there was very much a focus on, well, they're not part of the, the Rebel Cell yet and they're not necessarily 
going against the Empire, but at what point are they going to start shifting their gear to helping others the same way that Rex and Echo currently are? Well, that's an excellent question. All right, what is your take on this? Uh, again, I, I'd say that the team hasn't had that fracture point, not fracture in a good way that really focuses them back to state this is what we need to be doing in terms of helping the broader galaxy as a whole and focusing less on our own survival and more on how can we use our very unique skill set to help others. That's going to be happening. We'll see if there are six more episodes. We'll see if it happens this season or next. But at some point, we're going to start to inch closer to that. We saw a bit of it in Truth and Consequences. But I'm very curious to know what that breaking point is that's going to really refocus and um, get the batch as part of a broader helping society and helping the galaxy. Uh, I think this is the big question that a lot of people want to know, right? I think because of Rex and Cody and all that we've seen, both what we anticipated seeing from the trailers and then what we've actually seen, people just assume the batch were headed right into the rebellion. And it's a really interesting question because I think it's too early in the timeline to have a very, very active rebellion. I mean, uh, to me, this is where Mon Mothma and Bale are reacting still to Revenge of the Sith and those events and not sure yet what the rebellion's going to be. So I do think anybody hoping like they slap rebel insignias on their armor by the end of the season is, <laughs> is going to be disappointed just for those reasons. Um, but I do think that the bad batch has continually shown that they're, they're ready for something more, something more meaningful. Um, and I thought I interpreted this episode as a pretty big hint. And maybe this is stealing one of my questions, but I thought it was a pretty big hint that they want to fight for the, uh, the downtrodden right that they want to do something to help people and that's not the rebellion yet but it's also making sure that you're not just scoring week after week and and getting that next big hit for sid um i think um now is really the time for them to do these kind of i don't know altruistic or you know generous missions um that's what the Grand Army of the Republic was for, right? They were meant to help and yes, blow up battle droids, but the point was to help. And when we saw them with Gunji, I think that was a mission for help, not just a mission for, for money, obviously. So they actually destroyed their mission for money to save Gunji. <laughs> uh, so I do think, um, you know, I think it's one of those things, the characters don't see it yet, but we're all starting to see that this is this is their calling. They're going to be like the A-Team or uh, or the Lou Ferrigna Incredible Hulk who will just come to town and <laughs> save somebody each week and, and travel on or Highway to Heaven. I mean, there's a lot of shows that use that model. <laughs> in some cases, they don't necessarily seem to be in a big hurry, right? Because mm. we are, what, this is episode 10. And, you know, there, although there wasn't a guarantee of a season three, the pacing of this season really leads me to believe that they have multiple seasons and they're not really in a big hurry, which means they can kind of take their time. But also, you know, two things are going into it. One, Mando, next week. <laughs> <laughs> 
but but also that yes, you're right. It's so early in the process of you know there's still you know incursions and the, you know these little cells that are you know we're way before you know Endor and and all this you know and so you know it, it, you could say it that they're kind of taking a little bit of a risk by by how they pace it, but I don't mind it because it seems like there's a plan, you know. I, I think that we got in the habit, especially, you know, through Clone Wars. I mean, Clone Wars, having Clone Wars come back was, you know, a miracle on its own. It had a line of, of clothing for a while. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you, you didn't you didn't take those for granted. And so I think in this case, you know, this is a planned series. They know that they've got all the things, you know, in place. The animation, all this is really clicking. Kevin Kiner's doing a great job. And so... It, it, but it's just interesting how they kind of just they're ratcheting up or slowing down that spigot of of content on this. And, you know, I, I would assume it's going to be to, to kind of way longly answer this question. I think it's going to be a while and I think it's going to be longer than we think. Just as I think a lot of this episode, a lot of this season has been more than what we thought. Mm. Uh, maybe it's gone a little slower than we thought. And you go, OK, we all know where this is going but it's almost kind of going at a Clone Wars rate, right? Where it was just on their own sweet time. Yeah, I absolutely agree with your reading that we're clearly not, like, it's not going to be the end of the show at the end of this season. Um, it also, uh, as you were talking, it just kind of clicked for me that this is partially why they let all the episodes out, right? We were kind of wondering back in January, like, why did they give the oh, yeah. influencer crowd, you know, all but the last two and I think we're seeing that, like, you know, they they're just taking their time and there's really no big spoilers. I mean, maybe that midseason could have been spoiled, but it wouldn't really have meant anything out of that. So so I, I, I just I think they weren't afraid to let this all out because it's just a slow, slow pace. And, you know, we talked about how Andor feels that way. And, and you still hear that. I, I think the binge crowd is enjoying Andor a lot more than the week to week crowd. <laughs> Did it, which you know we all enjoyed it a lot I think, but um you know it's it's curious that that they are going slow. The only thing that makes me nervous about everything you just said is the behind the scenes stuff at Disney where we have um, Chapig out and Bob Iger back in, and the clear message coming from Marvel is we are slowing way down on the streaming services. Um, I think now. Marvel has only two shows planned this year out of, you know, a huge number that were originally sketched out. Um, and, you know, there, there are a lot of reasons for that. And Marvel is not Star Wars. But if the money for streaming is drying up, uh, then what what gets saved? I, I mean, obviously, Mando's in no trouble. I think that's that the Disney Plus is the streaming service Mando built. Um but, you know, could Bad Batch be on the chopping block if the numbers aren't great? I have no idea. They don't they don't really share them. But we know Andor struggled initially with their numbers. I have no idea where it's at now, but I suspect it's it's doing well. Um, Mando, I will only say they're clearly worried about the people who skipped Book of Boba Fett because every social media <laughs> post is reminding you, oh, don't forget, there were a couple episodes of Book of Boba Fett you maybe want to check out before you get to Mando season uh, three. So. Oh. 
Uh, yeah, we don't have to do Hollywood insider business, but that's the only thing that makes me nervous about the slow pacing that I agree is what we're seeing. I think I'm going to have to put up a uh, Save Bad Batch uh, t-shirt on <laughs> T Public uh, when it's all said and done. Oh, I can just imagine. All right. But uh, oh, maybe to that point, and I know we both loved Resistance, but Resistance never felt like it had a clear direction, whereas Bad Batch doesn't have that feeling. It feels like we're moving towards something, even if the pace is really slow. I think resistance suffered from having no idea what they were doing with episode nine until it was kind of too late to weave into it is, is my guess. But well, and then you get that kind of like it's in between, you know, eight and nine. However, yeah. if, if nine takes, uh, you know, if they didn't necessarily have too much of a, you know, cohesiveness, they, they kind of had to shoehorn a lot of that in, uh, resistance, I think, really suffered from that, where it was supposed yeah. to be sort of that in between. But yeah, by the end, you know, you could tell like as it was just getting going, they pulled it out and then had to like, all right, we got to land this bird quickly. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't think it was fair to what was an amazing, what was amazing cast. And, and like, yeah, shout out to it deserved a better shot. You're right. Exactly. And Christopher Sean could not be a better person in championing that that show continuing. He's always still engaging on social media. It's really it's really awesome. And um, throw him in the Rogue Squadron movie Lucasfilm. Thank Nobody you. will be mad. And if they didn't watch Resistance, they won't know. It right. doesn't matter. He can just be a cool pilot. But the rest of us will know. Put him in a green jacket. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, what time is your your uh, recording with Patty Jenkins tonight? Is she next? It was, it was Sam Tashima, then Greg Cass, and then Patty Jenkins. Considering when my wife needs to be picked up, uh, I would say yes. That's pretty much a divorceable offense. If I go there, <laughs> I, it would be it would be the scoop of a lifetime, and I would have to contact a lawyer. Um, at any rate, all right, let's. Get- Let's go ahead with your next question, Mr. Cass. Well, I do want to get you to that pickup and not to that divorce <laughs> court. So I will just go with a quick one. Um, and maybe this is more of a comment than a question, but I'll try to lift my voice up at the end. Um, we debated a lot last week in person about who's who's fit to be a parent, who's meant to Ooh. be the mentor to Omega. And I want to just ask, did we learn this week that maybe – Omega is the best parent and the best mentor in the Bad Batch. This kind of seemed like her moment to shine. And, you know, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed music cues, but hit the kids are all right uh, right now. (laughs) Oh, you know, and she's continuing to grow as well. And, you know, I, I think there was a really big concern last season from sort of the, you know, the gosh, gee, Willie to, you know, or, hey, we got... I, I like how her character has, has grown this season. And like I said, when you get into that that there that, that well-oiled machine of theirs, then you go, okay. It was like I was, I was even mentioning, you know, when they were cornering Benny and he tried to escape and he was cut off very fast by Wrecker. And I, I commented, you know, on the CWK show in here, I was like, I'm happy that that chase did not go long. I'm like, that was, <laughs> that was wrapped up quickly because, you know, like I said, the pacing of this show and the season – is very is I think they have a razor thin margin. They're doing it very well, and mm. you know it'll be curious and I think unfortunate that with this um, overlap with Mando, the next several episodes I don't know are going to get the due that they are because everybody's going to be like Mando, 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 Mando. Yeah. So uh, we're going to have to you know we'll have to pick up the flag somehow and keep this thing going. Um, <laughs> at any rate, all right. I think I will. Let's see. Just how many people 
can a speeder bike hold? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was a long time ago, I read a book called The Physics of Star Wars, which was some Star Wars, some physicists trying to um, uh, really try to pick apart the technology and decide what the rules were. And they always talked about um, if Luke and Obi-Wan are standing on that cliff overlooking Moss Eisley, um, what would have happened if they drove the land speeder straight off that cliff, right? Does, <laughs> does a land speeder only hover two feet above the ground? Does it? And I think we've, we've learned a lot more since I read that book because there's a lot, just a lot more stuff out there. But this was, again, a, what happens when you overload a speeder <laughs> bike? Um, it seems to me like the technology can just be whatever the storytellers need it to be. Right. And it's, it reminded me of when they drove the troop transport kind of down a cliff in, uh, in uh, Mando, I think, I think it was the, the Carl Weathers directed one. Um, and so I, I think as silly as it may be, I think that's the way it should be. Just tell us a story. If, if you need a quick way to get all the characters <laughs> to a settlement, just do it. Don't worry about it. Let's just have fun and, and not worry about it too much. <laughs> I, I agree. It, it, you know, it was, it was kind of funny, but you're just like, especially like Wrecker. I'm like, well, that's, 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 that's a good engine for, you know, getting them. But I mean, they did have, you know, tens, they had a lot of kilometers to go to. Since we had, since we still have you on the line, and it's been such a nice, uh, nice luxury to uh, get some it, kind of like live on tape questions. Do you still have anything on your list for tonight? I do. For this upcoming episode, it's going to be on this upcoming Wednesday. Which episode are you going to watch first? Are you going to watch The Mandalorian, uh, or are you going to watch The Bad Batch? Uh, that's a good question. I am curious what your what your list is going to be are you going to be you know are you going to be faithful to the batch and get it out of the way or are you going to dive in are you are you going to are you going to go for the the main course or are you going to like you know snack your way to being full i think what i'll probably end up doing is watching the mandalorian first primarily because i'm more concerned about in social media and aspects so i'd rather just kind of cross that out make sure that i can but watch it at my own uh, slight convenience, but without getting spoiled, and then ship over to the batch. Now, he said Mandalorian because he was concerned about social media spoilers. So mm. I am kind of curious, what show are you going to watch first? Sam in my living room at 5 a.m. next week. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, I think I completely agree that the spoiler concern is on Mando. And I have a couple people on Instagram who love to weigh in on the new episodes of anything right away, often with pictures, which I should just unfollow them because uh, especially Mando, I think they're going to be people who just don't care about the safe window. They're just excited and they want to show it. But there's also the fact that Mando's probably like 45, 50 minutes and I do have to work on Wednesday morning. <laughs> I don't have the day off. So... My move lately has been to sneak into my office and play Bad Batch on my computer um, while I kind of do my initial coffee and email checks and all that. And so I suspect that will continue to be what I do next Wednesday, and I will just make myself scarce online until I can watch Mando in the afternoon. Um, no offense to Bad Batch, but Mando deserves the big screen kind of full attention experience in a way that I don't think Bad Batch always does. How about you, sir? You're just going to get up at four and do both on two screens? Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I, 
usually that time of the week, uh, we're up because my wife works at the airport. And so, you know, we're up at 4.30 and usually I get home about, you know, after dropping her off, let's just say 6 a.m. So I would say, you know, if I'm on my game, you know, because I, I, it was like I woke up and I sometimes you're like, blah, and I'm, oh, shoot, Bad Batch. Mm. I think you're right. I think I will knock the Bad Batch out first because it'll be a shorter episode and I can give it that mobile look. And then, but you're right. I, you know, it'll be hard not to watch Mando at lunch, but I'm like, man, I want to get home and put it on at least a bigger screen because, you know, we'll be analyzing every, you know, frame of it. And, you know, the length is only going to make a show like this. Like I said, it's going to be tough for us and, you know, we'll try it out. And if it doesn't work, we'll do something else. Uh, We'll try try to keep it fun. This is not work. Uh, This is enjoyable. And this is, you know, it's about, you know, talking with the community about the stuff we love most. But I would say it kind of makes sense that I could probably get away with watching Bad Batch during the day, watching it first, getting it out of the way. And then, you know, the hard part is that I, I wouldn't have enough time to do both at one time. Mm. And, you know, so because I've got, you know, people to get to school and, and all that. <laughs> i got to get to work. But, yeah, I think it'll be tough not to at least sneak in a little bit here or there because, right, you, Otherwise, you're not getting on any of the social medias because you're right. No. Someone's going to spill. This has been too long. Someone's going to spill the beans. Yeah. Well, and it only makes me then think about there is a week coming up where we get the two episode finale of Bad Batch Ugh. plus Mando. So there's a full two hours of content that you have to negotiate. So you lose those excuses, too. But, uh, you know, it, it it is funny and I, I don't want to sound like an old man, but when I think about what it was like in the early nineties before the special editions. And now it's like, which of the two star Wars shows that I really enjoy? Will I watch first? I mean, what a time to be a fan. And I think, you know, you and I are generally positive fans and most of our community is you still get those people who are like Disney. It's like, Hey, we got star Wars and that's what Disney gave us. And the rest is, you know, details, but it's great to be a fan right now. Exactly. Dr. Cass, did you have another question for tonight before we kind of wind uh, things down? I'm pretty much tapped out. I did <laughs> just have, uh, why was it Ibsium and not Coaxium? Which I think is an unknowable question, uh. but, you know, worth wondering. But, uh, you know, I also wanted to just open it up and say, is is there uh, anything you want to predict about, you know, we're getting down there on episodes. This I know. is 10 of 16, and we know the last two are together, like I just said, so... We're getting down there. Any anything you really think you're sure we're going to see before the end of the season? Boy, that's interesting because you know when I when we originally started, we didn't have the full episode list, or at least the source that I did didn't have all the names. And so the last six episodes, six or seven episodes, did not have names. Now, when you see things like you know next week we have Metamorphosis, mm. um, March eighth, The Outpost, March fifteenth, Pabu. That's all I've got for that. Um, <laughs> tipping point after that and then yes the summit and plan 99 mm, and you're that's going, really intriguing <laughs> you know like i said we, we we got teased with you know commander cody we still haven't there's still some unresolved things with crosshair we know where rampart is you know he's in the pokey right now um but yeah it, just knowing that you know like the longer this goes i think it's going to go longer so there is definitely going to be a cliffhanger of some type but i think it clearly is pointing into next season, but you're right with, with Igar on, you know, back at the helm, who knows what's going to happen, but I would say people like their clone wars. I think this is a pretty safe show. So, you know, I, 
boy, it's it's just really tough, but it's just nice. I I I just want to see Omega get a little older, a little older, a little older, and then yeah. find out more about her and and what uh, what what the plan is for her, and um, hopefully we get it. All right. I I would also just say it's an affordable show. It, you know, Thank the you. Willow fans out there should probably be a little nervous because I don't think that <sighs> did big numbers and it looked really expensive. But I think. Uh, once you build all the character models, you know, it gets cheaper and cheaper. So I think, I think bad batch is safe. No t-shirts yet, but we'll be there as soon as we need them. <laughs> as soon as, as soon, yes. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think, I think they give, need to give Willow another shot. I, I think, mm. all right, you know, you know, lessons learned, uh, great first outing. I love, you know, love the, the actors that were in it were great. Um, let's just, let's just try it again. Let's try it again, and, and I hope they get a shot. You know, if if they if yeah. if that's in the cards for them, if they want to do it, and you know they they can pick things up, let let's do it. Why not? Um, yeah. All right. Uh, lastly, uh, before I get you back to your Sith cave to fall asleep, <laughs> uh, how many Pringles cans do you give this episode? Uh, I'm sticking with with Sam, and I'm going eight Pringles cans. Sounds right to me. Um, you know, I think there have been episodes that I thought would grow in my estimation. I think this duology was fun and just a good time to think about how the bigger events have changed the squad. But I, I think this one is just going to be kind of kind of you know the B minus kind of there good pass not a problem. But I don't <laughs> I don't see it really you know changing dramatically in my mind uh, in the future. I'm kind of right there with with the both of you. I, I liked the I I kind of give it an eight out of ten, and I, a lot of it had to do um, with that last exchange between Tech and Omega, where you know Tech has that great line. However, there are many more like us out there as well, and that is something. And he smiles. He gives that that little smile, and going, "Yes, that's the payoff we've been waiting several shows for." And you know, it was hard not to well up a little bit because I'm going, "Ah, oh, he's." You know, you're just like, ah, you want to just rub his head and go, ah, you're, you're growing, kid. Um, but that, I think, is nice. And, you know, like I said, the pacing we've talked about you know, ad nauseum this episode. Uh, but these are the kind of little payoffs, and they're subtle, and sometimes you can miss it. So I'm going to give him 8 out of 10 Pringles cans. All right. So before we let everybody go tonight, I'm going to let uh, everybody know where they can find Sam online in case they want to engage. And of course, he's going to be on uh, the base show uh, with an update on the CCG as well. So let's find out where we can find Sam. Best place to find me is Instagram. I'm on there at Tashi underscore station. That's Tashi, T-A-S-H-I underscore station. And Instagram's the main place where if you're interested in seeing what's happening within the Star Wars Cusple card game or Lego and other fun-related uh, Star Wars goodness. I am online, as always, at Ion Cannon, E-Y-E-O-N-C-A-N-O-N. Please, if you are of the literary bent, try out my Wheel of Time podcast, which is Through the Glass Columns, which you can find just about on any podcatcher of your choice. Uh, if you like the sound quality of me here in my basement, I can only promise you more of that same exact experience over on that show. Uh, but it was a pleasure hanging out as always. It is a little hard coming off the excitement of hanging out in person and, and you know, uh, being together. But uh, all, all that means, and I, and I mean this to all the card squadron as well, that we, we all just have to find more excuses uh, to get together and find each other. And, you know, uh, my, my response to your Instagram post said, you know, find 
find the people uh, you like and find any excuse to be together. And, and that's uh, what this fan community means to me. So it's it's always a pleasure. Thank you. And and so well said. And that was kind of fun of having Sam on, you know, even even kind of like more of a tape delay, just because it's fun to engage with folks. You know, we come together more and more. And I think the payoff will be celebration 2025, Mm. just like it was you know, last year in Anaheim where everybody got to know each other a little better. And then each year as it goes along, you know, it's just our, our fandom and the community kind of grows a little bit. And it's kind of fun to grow along with this community. So however we can get people in and get involved, it, you know, and it's because it's always very positive, it's very nice. Uh, I am all in for. However, mm. you have to go be Sith again to the uh, family upstairs. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I they're, they're probably already in bed and you know I, I have to go I have to go um, <laughs> so that's why we can't have this go longer um, although you know once again we had some uh, great questions on there and we have some other podcasts and stuff to listen to and I can hear see I can hear the, the clicking uh, of Jen's uh, keyboard right now as she's furiously <laughs> typing a review for something and I know Colby is trying to track down his kids to do you know a podcast and Ross is trying to get a podcast going and all this and uh, Frank and Amy are just enjoying a nice dinner um, well and director <clears throat> bennick better be changing his twitter name to benny <laughs> that was the other joke i wanted to make sure i got in because he should be there but he has promised us notes for mandalorian so the uh quality of our podcast is going to go back up to the andor standards ah, and by the way uh happy birthday to director yes. bennick as well caught caught yeah. an instagram post sorry called you out on that one but it looked fun <laughs> and I, they took him out to like a tiki place or something like that it looked pretty cool. yeah it looked like his his family took him out and uh he uh he uh set up his birthday party to have uh chat gpt write the invitation <laughs> and chat gpt decided it was a bird themed birthday party and we're sticking with it so we are playing a bird board game this weekend and I mean you have to imagine we'll be live tweeting it so ah <laughs> oh, all right all right Okay, so we will be back uh, in some capacity next week for at least an hour talking about Metamorphosis <laughs> and Mandalorian uh, Episode 1, Season Oof. 3 in some capacity. Uh, I hope we I hope we serve you in some capacity. Otherwise, we'll try it again another way. For Greg Cass, Sam Tashima, and myself, I want to thank you for listening. But now breakfast is over. We're going to return you to your Star Wars podcast playlist already in progress. This podcast is not affiliated in any way with Topps, Disney, or Star Wars, nor is it endorsed by Disney or Lucasfilm, and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds, and any other related items, are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders here in the U.S. and abroad. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com.